You're listening to Afraid to Ask. This is a podcast where you give us the questions and we answer them, no matter what they are, if they're silly or controversial, we're here to answer those questions for you. My name is AJ. And I'm Liv, and today we're going to answer a question from one of you guys, one of our listeners. This question's from Rosie, and she emailed to ask, will humans ever get to the stars, and will biology or physics need to change for that to happen? Answering the question, we've got Professor Sergei Guliev, the boss of the Institute of Radio Astronomy and Space Research at AUT, and he's joined by Dr. Ed Jordan Alexander, space lecturer at AUT. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good discussion. We talk about interstellar travel and um, all the things that you see in, in sci-fi movies, um, but happening in real life. Uh, and about halfway through the episode, we'll be trying to stand on the street to see what you guys, or if you go to AUT, what you guys think is exciting about space travel if you've got a question like rosie hit us up at hashtag ask AUT on social media uh, let's get into it sweet how can you talk if you haven't got a brain what's your record for consecutive questions asked i say who's on first what's on second i don't know who's on third what's the deal with airplane you do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth and at this point i'm too afraid to ask why will we ever get to the stars Oh, this is a great question, and actually it has a lot in this question. Uh, First of all, uh, when Rosie looks at the sky, she sees all these stars, but some are actually planets. And it's interesting, what does she mean? Uh, Are we going to go to planets which look like stars, or to stars which are far, far, far away? From us, and it would take you know many years to to fly there. So, if we're going with the literal meaning of star, if yes we go or no. to the literal meaning of star, <laughs> then again, why going to stars? Because stars are very hot, very unfriendly. So, we will probably target planets that go around the stars. So, why not go first to planets around our star, the sun? It sounds like you're like trying Mars. to crush her dreams. She wants to go to the stars, and you're not letting her. <laughs> It's interstellar travel, right? Interstellar is literally in between the stars. Yeah, you see, I'm I'm a scientist, so so I think, why? Uh, Okay, if we go to star in order to visit one of the planets, then uh, what should be special about this planet? Uh, Maybe we would find uh, life, intelligent life, first on this planet. And then we go there and say hello, and maybe handshake or whatever... (laughs) Um, it's so, assuming they have hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Jordan, quickly, yes or no? Well, the first thing I'd like to say is that, in fact, the activity of our existence on this planet has already reached the stars. So all of the electromagnetic devices and activities with electricity and magnetism, broadcasting cell phones and broadcasting football and games and all these and all that stuff has been traveling out at the speed of light and has already reached some of our nearby stars no, we don't care about those things <laughs> right. I don't know if, if that actually counts as <laughs> humans reach the stars or even, even a space shuttle we don't even have to worry about people but you yeah, know but true. I do I do believe that we will eventually reach um, these uh, these planetary systems these star systems um, unfortunately, the distances as we understand them now in conventional physics are so far away that even with our most advanced transportation system, you know, it's going to take uh, tens of thousands of years just to, to reach. To get there? Yes, just to reach under the current regime of technology. So we do we need have. to change physics then. That's Rosie's question. Right. So um, change physics or maybe discovery of new physics. Mm. 
and I think that this can be uh, a possibility. Um, there is an extreme prediction by Einstein, and he, Einstein has everything he's predicted has turned out to be right, So, and that is called a wormhole, and wormholes essentially are uh, results of the extreme warpage of space. The question, of course, is how do you create such a warpage of space that would allow you to do such a thing? And that is simply beyond our technological needs. So Einstein came up with the idea that this could be possible, but he didn't say within this amount of time Correct. or anything. No. Okay. No, he, he was probably hedging his bets quite carefully. Mm, yeah. There. So, I mean, from a conventional point of view, the only way we're going to get there at the current level is through multi-generational space travel. And, um, you know, that's, of course, a big F, right? Yeah. What, what does imagine? that mean? Well, literally, it means that you're going to be shagging your way to the stars. <laughs> Sorry to say, to put it this way. I'm sure people would sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to mean many, many generations. Um, born, born and dying on yes, spaceships. Yes, yeah. exactly. But there are major problems with space travel for us. Sorry, do you literally mean it would be a space shuttle and those people would have babies and then those people would have babies yes. and eventually... Yes. Down the track, those people would go to space. Yes. Wow! This is one, you know, one approach. Hmm. But so it is the approach which we have been... Shuttles? But we have successfully done it as a species, right? Can you imagine, right? Like, think of the planet as a spaceship. We've been, you know, through many generations around <laughs> the sun we go and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yes, it is a, a viable option. But the problem, of course, is, as um, Sergey well knows, is that is that um, we don't do very well in, under the extreme conditions of space at the moment. And like people who, who, who come from you know, being up in orbit for months and months at a time, they come out when they finally get back to Earth, if they make it back to Earth, they come out on a stretcher because all of their muscle mass has totally decreased and um, they're just, they, they, they can't walk on their own. And I would imagine that, that their sense of balance and whatnot gets modified. So these are major... So they might not be able to breed, aren't Realistic, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe if there was breeding and evolution, could there be some next generation human yeah. life which is better adapted? And that's just a complete, like, who knows? And that's, I guess, from our quick Googling of this topic, <laughs> the main argument was yes, but it won't be humans as we know it today. Mm. And is that, Sergei, would you say that? Uh, I would say that uh, we, we can probably try and go somewhere uh, physically yeah. ourselves, uh, but uh, how about first uh, uh, having communication with this uh, who we are interested in? Right. I, I, I'm back to extraterrestrial civilizations. <laughs> so uh, there is a term C E T I communication with extraterrestrial uh, uh, intelligence. Mm. Uh, and have you heard about uh, breakthrough initiative? No. No. Two great radio telescopes uh, are involved. One of them is Australian Parks in this breakthrough initiative and uh, one billionaire gives 100 million dollars to these radio telescopes uh, to uh, actually to occupy the time, observing time and they look at some very interesting places in the universe and uh, uh, record data and try to find some something uh, civilized. But see that's the catch is Joe blogs like me and AJ, when, when people like NASA talk about things living, we think of like aliens, right? Like the movies we've watched. 
scientists like you guys think of traces of water or a microorganism or something that, to be honest, is quite boring to us. <laughs> um, yeah. We want to see aliens or something weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yes. for, for traces of water, <clears throat> we can use spectroscopy. Yes, Jordan knows all about it. Uh, and we, we, we can look at uh, spectral lines and radio spectrum, for example, and we can say, oh, there should be water there. And actually, we find a lot of water. Yeah. We find many molecules, and some molecules are like, um, uh, consist of uh, 11 atoms or 13 atoms, even 60 atoms. In fact, once I attended a, a lecture by a, a, um, an Australian molecular uh, astrophysicist, and he uh, shared with us that nearly all of the ingredients of beer has been discovered in outer space. <laughs> well, there you go. That's enough reason so, <laughs> you know, to, to try and get there. Yeah, but it is dispersed in parsecs and parsecs. So, other than beer, right, yes. um, what, what reason would we have to want to go? to? I think, the stars? I think curiosity. I mean, when I think of traveling to the stars, um, I think of when, uh, say, uh, Europeans in the 12th and century, 13th century, 14th century, were starting to move out further and further on, on sailing vessels and going places that they didn't know where they were going to go, or where mm. they were going to end up. And yes, there was tremendous loss of life, but that's the human story. Yes. It's just, just let's go for it and let's see what happens. So what you're pretty much saying is we need the, the young, dumb... I won't no, place a ginger no. on it, but that's that's essentially how. And I think I was reading something recently about how we really do have to thank young teenage boys who were the risky ones who ventured out of Africa to keep seeing. And I guess maybe that's who we look to. to no, I, I, I disagree with it. I, I I don't think we should go to stars. We should go to planets mm. orbiting stars. I guess in order can, to can find we just quickly go back to though. Um, I guess basic space. This is probably five-year-old primary school. A star is gas, so you won't be able to actually land on a star anyway, would you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We cannot uh, land on a star. Uh, uh, well, we can just burn uh, when we are close to a star. That's, so when that's you it. got to the stars, what would you would you, you would, even see anything? Well, as Sergei said, we would hope that there were planets orbiting that star, okay. and those are the bodies that we could we could uh, be interested. I can't. Be interested yeah, in I can't imagine actually wanting to go to a star. Yeah. Be- beyond it. Burning you. Yeah. That's probably not very yeah, interesting. Yeah, either. it could be cars. But I think, Sorry. I think, I mean, you know, I don't think we should insult the intelligence of, of Rosie here. She meant going to mm. planets around stars. I understand that mm. what she's saying when she says, yeah. let's yeah. go to the stars. Or maybe even planets of our solar system. Yeah. Well, so what Which look like stars on the sky. This mm. is Can stars teach us something that planets can't? Uh, oh, I, I would say we know almost all about stars. Uh, it, it was the greatest achievement of the 20th century to understand stars. We understand like literally like everything, internal structure, evolution of stars, uh, of their behavior, what, what they do, uh, how it works, uh, what are sources of energy of stars, we, we know all this. Uh, now, uh, still, there are people who study stars, um, but it is about some minor little things that uh, remain a little, bit, a little puzzles. What's the one who solve. studies stars called? Do they have a, a cool name? Uh, there is stellar astronomy and stellar astrophysics. Oh, that sounds nice. And people study stars. And now, mm-hmm. a new area of observing surfaces of stars 
with um, you know, uh, optical telescopes from, from the Earth uh, using special technique, adaptive optics. And we can look and see the disk of a star. That's incredible. And the other amazing thing about stars is that <clears throat> they oscillate and vibrate like a drum, a three-dimensional drum. And they have all these, ro all these different oscillation modes, like there can be the one like this, then you can imagine one going in and one going out, and, and then all these higher modes. And this is called um, helioseismology. And through helioseismology, we also can begin to understand a lot about what's actually happening dynamically with the star. So our super space shuttle would need to be able to absorb extreme heat and being shaken around, right, from the vibrations? <laughs> yes, there would be some serious shaking. This is some serious engineering <laughs> yeah. required. Yeah. I'm Stan in the streets, and today we're talking to people about whether humans will ever actually get to the stars. Do you think the human race will ever settle on other planets? No. I don't think so. Not in our lifetime. Maybe. I think we should start like shooting our rubbish to Mars or something because it's a bit of an issue over here. <laughs> yeah, we definitely can. That is before we, you know, if we don't blow ourselves up before then. No, no, my, I don't think in my lifetime, but I hope, I hope we don't. Like, I mean, we've already ruined this planet. That's pretty sad if we go and jump on another one and run that one. What excites you about interstellar travel? Oh, just that we don't really know that much and there's so much more to learn. I want to know how we can get faster than the light. Because we need that for interstellar travel. Probably the stars. Like I like the stars from down here, so I think yeah. I'll like. Would you go to space, maybe the moon, other planets, if you had the chance? Yep. No way. No? No way. Why not? Because it just freaks me out. Maybe if they found like another way of going up there. I don't like flying. I don't like the feeling of not being on the ground. If I'm still alive, yes. Yes. Which planets? The sun. <laughs> Part of the reason why Earth has had life spring up on it, right, is because we're sort of like the perfect conditions, like perfect distance away from a sun that's a particular heat level. This is the naive interpretation. Sure. <laughs> which, exactly. which, which sort of suits us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so part of the maybe issue of finding other planets is that they're not all going to be like able to accommodate life. But I know recently, a few months ago, scientists found a whole group of planets next to what type of star was it? it was like dwarf. A, a dwarf, star a dwarf? Yeah. yeah. And which isn't like the same distance from Earth to our sun, but it's a cooler sun, yeah. and so the planets can be closer. Yes. So there's that sort of thing Absolutely. to consider yeah. as well. And this is apparently an, an enormous population of stars. Mm. Uh, Actually, of this class, and now we are just starting to find these types of planetary systems close in, right? Mm. So yes, we do find many examples of uh, pl uh, uh, planetary bodies which um, would have a uh, a uh, liquid water condition mm -hmm. possible. Okay. Yeah. So if we were going to the stars. Which one would we try to go to first? I guess it would be the closest one, right? Which is Alpha Centauri? Yeah, Alpha Centauri. It turns out to be a, uh, a binary star system. So there's actually two stars orbiting uh, around a common center. In fact, there's a third star, which is much dimmer. That's potentially also gravitationally bound to these. And there's also planets being found there. So we could land our space shuttle on one of those planets to look at stars there. 
Yeah, I can imagine we, we <laughs> land on yes. a planet and we see this uh, double star on the yeah. sky, oh, double yeah. sun. Mm. Beautiful, maybe maybe too hot. So mm. we, we should find a planet in the so-called Goldilocks uh, location where uh, water would be liquid. Yeah. Not vapor, not ice, but liquid. Yeah. Uh, that's what we think is essential for life like us to exist. One of the um, things I remember reading about that those plants found around the dwarf star was that you would be able to see if you if we were to like put civilizations on them, you'd be able to see roads and cities on a different planet from the one you're standing on, yes. and that's very inspirational. That is very inspirational. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but in terms of uh, double star um, uh, and planet orbiting this double star. Uh, I, I would imagine that uh, the weather would change quite uh, quite sharply in this star quite quickly. Why is it called uh, a it double star? Not good. It's not just two stars. Uh, by, Double binary. binary. Binary is better. Two, and two we, stars. This okay. is fine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but astronomers are very careful. Uh, you, you should think be, before you write binary or double star. That's there is a difference. They're what are called gravitationally bound. So the two are actually orbiting a common center, uh, which isn't necessarily in the center of one of those stars. So a light year is the distance light travels in a year. Is that correct? Correct. Um, so if we're talking about reaching other planets and reaching other star systems, what's the like? How many light years is the closest one away? About four and a half. Light okay. Years. Okay. And so that's what, four and a half years? Four and a half light years, if you were able to travel at this so-called limiting speed of light. Which mm-hmm. we can't. Uh, no, we are seem not to be able to reach <laughs> that speed, although <laughs> fundamental particles can. Will, will, that, will we be able to reach the speed of light anytime soon? Are based people working on, on that? Okay, so based on all of our conventional physics, the answer is no. However, one of the discoveries of Einstein was a quantum entanglement. Okay. Uh, it's if you create two particles out of, for example, one particle, they are internally connected. And if you separate them on distances of light years, they still will be connected. And if you change something in one of them, for example, turn it around and another one will turn around without any delay. Simultaneously, right. that's uh, the frontier of quantum physics now. That can be a way of communicating because, for example, when you look at Alpha Centauri uh, tonight, you see it in the state it was four years ago, like in 2013. Maybe it exploded in 2014. So uh, we could be racing towards this star and then get there and it's actually gone. Yeah, based on based on our conventional physics, exactly, yes, that yes. is possible. What a so, wasted trip! <laughs> oh, but there would be lots of things along the way. <laughs> I guess you, yeah, some sightseeing on the way. That, that's why I keep saying that we first uh, need to establish communication with extraterrestrial civilization, mm. for example, and this communication shouldn't be like, "How are you?" and it goes and returns back in eight and a half years. I'm fine. Uh, it's boring. That's we really need to, boring. to use probably something like quantum entanglement, science okay. idea, and just uh, some Morse. Uh, it's like sign language or Morse yeah, code. Yeah, Morse, okay. yeah, code. yeah. Because in theory, it is certainly possible that there have been pairs of particles that were created, say, there uh, or here, and, and one of them has found its way there. 
Okay. It's probable. Maybe we already have these yes. particles sitting here mm -hmm. waiting for us to discover them. And now we just need to find them. And they keep, keep what sending these Morse code signals to us. Uh, Rose, that's a great question. You've inspired <laughs> a great discussion. You guys, um, we know that NASA recently said that they were going to try and get to the sun next year. Yes, we will. Is anyone interested in going to the stars? Is anyone, is NASA or the European Space Agency, any of these big space players, I guess the Russians as well, we can't forget them, mm -hmm. made any reference to ever trying to get to a star? It's a very good question. Oh, and the sun is a star, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah, our nearest star. So look, Rosie, it could happen next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although again, I think she meant a, 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 a bit, star a bit other star. than this one. Yeah. Um, there's no, I've never heard of any serious proposal um, by any of the major sort of, you know, advanced, you know, societies that are developing space transportation. Um, I've never heard of such a serious proposal of seriously thinking about, you know, a mission to a star. I mean, right now, what we are struggling with is a mission to Mars. Yeah, and I guess when this the NASA Sun thing came up, I was like, "Huh? No one's ever met. I I hadn't noticed anyone mention going to the Sun before, and it mm -hmm. seemed like it came out of the blue. Had it come out of the blue? Um, I guess I hadn't heard. No, I, th I think it was prepared for a few years. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. It normally takes years, but I, I should um, I should say we mentioned about going to stars and. Uh, there are old um, spacecraft uh, which were launched decades ago, like Voyagers and the Pioneers, and they are now outside of the solar system. Yeah. And they, um, they carry some message to uh, whoever may, may uh, catch them. Mm. Uh, and there, there are some recordings, some pictures, some, yeah, uh, saying a lot about our civilization. So when NASA yeah. going to the sun, a star, how how close are they going to be able to get to the sun? Because they've got those same heat gas issues as well, right? Yeah. Do you guys know? That's a very good question. I don't know how close they they intend to get to the sun. Um, the temp temperature on the surface of uh, of the sun is uh, about six thousand degrees. That's, uh, that's quite a lot. Any metal would probably melt. Uh, melt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Vaporize. we we can, we cannot yeah. come uh, too close yeah. to the surface of the sun, yeah. but uh, close enough to take uh, very interesting scientific pictures and movies and look at the uh, internal life of the sun, mm -hmm. private life of the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, we have a few questions to answer. Um, so we hope that there will be quite a significant breakthrough in the solar physics. Mm. What, what kind of questions do we want to know? Uh, we want to know the interaction, for example, between magnetic fields and plasma of the sun, and how the um, sunspots are formed, uh, how do they, do they look inside, because sunspot is actually the place where the magnetic field is very high. Yeah. There are huge eruptions of particles off the surface of the sun. That sounds exciting. Yeah, <laughs> and we see them. Uh, and Sergey was referring to to these, you know, like sunspots or these mass coronal ejections and whatnot. And um, and we can observe them with our telescopes. We see them. Does and it we look can... like a volcanic eruption? Uh, a uh, volcanic eruption, which is equivalent to million uh, um, nuclear bombs. Yeah. Yeah. In power. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. One sun's port of the, of the size of the Earth. So, yeah. You know, These things are just enormous, just massive. And when we see one that's particularly directed toward us, it means that our atmosphere is going to get significantly charged by uh, particles. Solar activity. Is our life connected with solar activity somehow? For example, sunspots. Maybe they provoke some illnesses uh, like stroke or heart disease or something like that. And there are people who study it. Mm-hmm. And even in our institute for radio astronomy and space research at AEG. But maybe the weather of the sun or I say the activity of the sun will, like he says, like connections to behaviors of, you know, and biological process, physiological states of mind. You guys just sound like conspiracy theorists. Who knows? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of where so. I'm going. But um, the conditions of the sun may, will eventually force us to get off this rock mm. right. because it is predicted to expand mm-hmm. and expand and expand. So we will probably have to move away. You know, uh, sometimes I tell my students that um, uh, there are some evidences that our behavior depends on solar activity. So when a serious sun uh, solar event happens, it influences our psychology. So sometimes when I drive my car and I see people doing something crazy, merging lines and, you know, uh, I think, okay, that probably was uh, solar flare recently. So I should be very patient. These people don't understand it, but I understand. You think too much of people. It's not about distracted by their phone or a Facebook notification. Yes, we are here to tell you that road rage has a solar (laughs) connection. Direct correlation. Direct correlation. the question we got. So right. thank you, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess to sum up, the question was, will we ever get to the stars? Does human, Do humans or physics need to change? And I guess the answer is, well, first of all, I guess it's got two parts. A, NASA's probably going to go to the sun next year, so that's a star. Mm-hmm. But I guess when we think further out into the universe, um, it's possible, and but it's not probably going to be within any of our lifetimes. And <laughs> how that would happen is still yes. anyone's guess. I think that that's a very fair assessment. You know, given our current state of technology, yeah. given our current state of physics, that's the outlook. And it's actually pretty dismal yeah. because things are so spread out, mm. right? So hopefully there's going to be the discovery of new physics and particles, uh, new energy conversion devices that will enable us basically to outgrow some of these limitations. And as you said before, Jordan, we always have to because the sun's going to yes. envelop us. Yeah. And humans are great when when necessity comes, you know, to yeah, yeah. get going. Mm. So I guess um, in wrapping up now, do you guys have any uh, things you'd like to see or in your lifetime or things that you are looking forward to when it comes to interstellar travel or anything like that? Wow. (sighs) Well, I just hope that um, governments of this world continue to realize the importance of funding and and, and, uh, and, uh, contributions to basic research like what Sergey and and I and others here at the Institute for Radio Astronomy do. these are where breakthroughs happen. Um, they're not planned. They're not engineered. This is just curiosity in 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 in, in motion. Mm. So I hope that uh, we will continue to uh, take advantage of the, the the history and the precedents and the um, realities that the modern science 
and the scientific method and thinking through things a bit rationally and maybe sort of stepping back and trying to make some sense of things. If we can continue to promote this kind of approach in life, I think that, that our probabilities of getting to the stars. To the world peace. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. world peace ensues. I like that because there's something very poetic about just doing things because you're curious, especially big scale things like this. That's where all the best science comes from. Exactly. And uh, wrapping up, I think I would like to say that the second part of the question, should physics or biology change? Um, uh, physics uh, will not change, it will develop. Yes. Technology may uh, yeah. change and it will allow us uh, to do many things we cannot do now. Yeah. But in terms of biology, we enjoy our human biology. I don't think it should be changed. <laughs> we'll leave it up to our family members hundreds of years in the future. Yeah. We'll uh, leave that up to Rosie and her great-great-great-grandchildren. Sweet. Thank you very much, guys. You're welcome. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I certainly learned a lot about space exploration. And while I don't exactly want to leave Earth personally, I think it's a it's a exciting thing for the future. Um, and if you want to ask us a question for a future episode, you can send it to us on Twitter with hashtag AskAUT. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all the social media places. Um, and also... Uh, like and uh, rate us on iTunes. Thanks. Thank you. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What's the deal with that? What's the matter with me, what? baby? What's the matter with you? Speak English and what? How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? I say who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. What's the deal with everything? You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Why?